Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. This morning we are continuing our study on just what it means to pray. Just what it means to be incorporating that discipline, and it is a discipline, into our everyday life. And sometimes it's not enough for it just to be in our everyday life. Sometimes it needs to be in our every hour life, <laughs> in our, our every minute life. When the, the struggles and the things really do feel like, man, I just need to make it through to next Sunday. If that's where we're at, then, then we need to be praying. One of the, the themes, or one of the, the areas that we sometimes forget is that the, the request that we started with last week, that request of, Lord, teach us to pray, there's something that comes before that. And sometimes we, we're even missing that that area in our life. And, and the thing that's missing is the hunger to know how. Because what, what existed for those disciples when they came to Jesus and they said, God, teach us how to pray. There was a reason they were asking. There was a reason that they, they came to Jesus. Part of it was probably recognizing he has something that I don't have. And, and I want that in my life. But part of it is also they, they had a desire to be in that level of communication, that level of communion, that level of relationship with the Father God. And so they came and they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And so before we, we go any further in this study, before we take any more time, we have to stop and each one of us individually has to ask that question. I'm not saying we have to say it out loud right now, but, but we have to, to stop and make sure that is the posture of our heart as we come to this time this morning. Because if it's not, we're wasting our time. If that's not where, where we want to be, then and there are a lot of other things you could do with the next 30 to 45 minutes. But my prayer is that we would come this morning with, with hearts that say, Lord, teach us to pray. One of the, the points that we're going to be talking about today is that there are times where we are lacking certain things in our life. And sometimes the reason we are lacking those things in our life is because we don't ask for them. Do you think that ever happens in, in your life? Are, are there ever things... I'm, gonna, I'm a dad. I have a five-year-old and a ten-year-old. And there's an interesting way that a five-year-old goes about asking for something. I really wish we could do this. <laughs> it would be so nice if we could do this. I really like this thing. It'd be so fun. It's like, well, do you want to do that thing? Well, yeah. 
So why don't you ask for it? <laughs> well, Dad, can we do this thing? Of course we can. Because it's fun, and it, because it's a nice thing, and you want to do it, and I want to give it to you. But you have to ask me for it. You saying it would be nice if we could do this is a statement. It's not a question, right? And what I've noticed is that sometimes in our prayer life, we are so focused on statements. We're so focused on maybe sharing our request with everyone else around us that we don't ever get to the point of actually asking God for it. <laughs> we can get so caught up in, I need to share this prayer request, you know, church gossip level sharing my prayer request that it never actually makes its way to God. It's like, well, did you ever pray for one? No, I just shared it with like 10 other people in the church. Doesn't that count? Somebody's got to be praying for it, right? But there's an experience that that I've had, and no judgment here because this happens to everybody at some point. When you find yourself in a restaurant these days, it's pretty common to see people sitting in a booth, staring over each other's shoulders, looking at the TV that's on the screen, maybe. Or you see people sitting at a booth together and they're both, instead of staring over each other's shoulders, they're staring at the, the phone that's right in front of them and not necessarily having any type of interaction with each other. And at one such event, I was by myself, and I was, I think I was somewhere in Eureka, I can't remember where, but I was sitting and there was either a boyfriend or a husband, a, a significant other to a, a woman that was, was there. And we were doing, actually, no, Kaylee was with me. We were having dinner. And I just, the guy was right in my line of sight, and I just watched. And the entire time, he was on his phone. And she didn't have a device out. And, and she would have conversation with him, and he would answer, but he would never look at her. And... That happened until he got his food, and then when he got his food, he was focused on that, and, and there was never any real clear buy-in to that relationship in that instance. Now, this is me looking at this from an outside perspective. There could be all sorts of reasons, all sorts of things that, that go on there. This isn't about that person, but it's about that behavior. Another example that I've seen is a dad with three kids sitting in a restaurant. The kids are, don't have screens in front of them. The dad has a screen in front of him. He's looking at his phone. And the kids are just doing everything they can to get the dad's attention. And finally, it's, it just becomes frustrating for the, the dad to the level of, what do you want? And as the third-party observer, I am just fighting everything within me to say, I, I know exactly what they want. They want you. They want you. They want your attention. They want to know that you love them. They, they want to be in relationship with you. Okay, now let's take this and think about prayer for just a minute. God wants to be in relationship with us. And to do that, we need to get out of our metaphorical phone 
whatever that distraction is. I know some of you, well, I don't, I don't have a smartphone. <laughs> Carolyn. <laughs> Kevin, you got to work on that, man. <laughs> There's other things that can distract us from relationship with God, right? There's thought processes. There's things in my own life that absolutely get in the way of relationship with God. He wants to be in relationship with me. A reminder from last week, God is not annoyed with you. You know that? He isn't going to get frustrated. He's not going to blow up at you for interrupting his day. He's like, I was just playing golf, and now I have to stop and come and deal with whatever it is that you're dealing with for the 10th time. When you pray to God, he is already aware of your need, present in the midst of that need, and ready with an answer for that need. God is never frustrated that you are bringing the same thing to him again. And what we think about God, what we believe God to be, who we believe God to be, will determine how we pray. If I think of God as the angry guy who's waiting with the lightning bolt to smite me down, that's going to affect how I pray. If I think of God as the CEO with the aircraft carrier desk with every bit of paperwork on it, that's going to affect how I pray. If I think of God as the nebulous energy force that, that is just out as part of the world, that is going to affect how I pray. If I think of God as a father who loves me, who has the best intentions for me, that is going to affect how I pray. Perspective. Perspective matters. That's what we just talked about. That's what perspective is. If we look at the passage of scripture this morning that we're going to be looking at is Matthew 7. And it's pulled from a part of scripture that's commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to actually, when we finish with this study on prayer, we're going to come back to the Sermon on the Mount. And that's going to be our next study. But what we see in this Sermon on the Mount is not a whole lot of words that can take a whole lot of preaching to get through. Where God is unveiling what it means to be a follower of Jesus. What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? And we see that. We start learning what it means about how I'm supposed to be dealing with the anger that exists in my life, the anger that I have towards others, how I'm supposed to deal with relationships, how I'm supposed to deal with uh, myself and as I relate to the kingdom of God. And one specific topic that comes up in this sermon, in this uh, teaching that Jesus is sharing is on the topic of how to pray. What we see here is that the expectations that Jesus has for us to live a godly life are so intense that prayer is necessary just to even come close to being able to address it. 
the way that we are called to live our lives requires dedicated prayer. It requires it. It's not something where you're like, oh, I'll get to that. Someday that, that will be an area that I work on, but today I'm just working on singing on key in church. No, it has to be part of who you are, it has to be, uh, become a part of your DNA. Prayer is to be the constant theme of my life. Can I be honest with you? It's not. It's not always. I'd say rarely has it been in my life, the constant theme of my life. And, and we can... I'll just take a minute and say, Matt, you're the pastor. I know. That is an area that that I can grow in. God, I want to be in closer communion with you. God, I want to be in closer relationship with you. And this is an area where I need to improve. If you had to choose one person to be on your team, who would it be? Well, I mean, that... That depends on what we're doing, right? <laughs> Are we doing a contest to see, you know, who can plank the longest? Um, if so, Diane is on my team. Uh, <laughs> if this is, you know, a contest to, you know, figure out, uh, you know, really interesting history facts, I'm going to probably call Kaylee to be on my team. If there's, you know, depending on what the event is, that usually determines who's on our team. Who, who am I going to call for, you know, who wants to be a millionaire, right? Who would be on your team? Well, we're in church, so God, of course. <laughs> but really, if you look at your week, at the, the life that you have led from the time you left here last week, has that really been true? Has God been the one that you have called first? That's not for me to know. That's not for me to answer. But that is something for us to be looking at. Has God been the first call? Or has he been the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, last call? God, I, I have tried my, my mom, I've tried my dad, I've tried my sister, I've tried my wife, my neighbor, I've tried my boss, and, and none of that helped, and I'm coming to you, God help me. And God's like, I, I've been here the whole time. I've been here the whole time. Bring me in, coach, I'm ready. Who would be on your team? There's nothing wrong with having a, a support network, having a group of people around you that, that you reach out to, but do you go to God first? What does your prayer life reveal about your perspective of who God is? And again, this isn't, this isn't for me to know. This is a question for us to, to ask ourselves and to look introspectively, look inside and say, what does my prayer life reveal about who I believe God to be? Do I really, truly approach God as the father who has the best intentions for me, a father who loves me and has the best intentions for me? Because that's who he is. 
God really loves us. That was the song we sang. God really loves us, and he wants the best for you. And did you know that what you think is the best sometimes isn't the best? Because I can guarantee you that there's this question that comes up when we start talking about prayer, and especially when we start talking about the whatever you ask for, you will receive. And you're like, well, hold that thought. (laughs) I didn't get this, 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 or this. God really loves you. God wants the best for you. And what you think is the best may not be the best. If I have incorrect thinking about who God is, and and we talked about this last week, if if I don't understand who God is and, and how God feels and loves towards me, then it will distort and limit my ability to pray. So if we look at at Matthew, specifically chapter 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. When I pray, I pray knowing who to seek regarding the most important matters in my life. That's, that's the interaction that I'm looking for, is, I, is I'm coming to God knowing that, that he is in control. That I'm coming to God, the creator of the universe, the one who set the stars into motion, that, that knows every fiber of my being because he put it there. And I'm trusting him to know what's best for me. That, that's healthy prayer. And sometimes we don't bring those requests because, again, we feel like there's, there's maybe a more important matter to be dealt with or maybe it's not as important as we think it is. That, that's the life of being a parent. That's the, the parent-child relationship is dealing with things that maybe the parent doesn't necessarily recognize as important, but the child does. And you know what I do as a parent sometimes? Sometimes my job isn't just to humor what the child thinks is important. Sometimes my job is to explain why the thing that they are so hung up on isn't important. Well, Matt, that's harsh. But that's, that's how we grow. And so sometimes that's what happens in our relationship with God when we pray, when we bring those requests and we say, God, this, is, this entire thing is a disaster. What's, what's going to happen? I just don't understand. And God's like, chill out. This is fine. In the scheme of things, this is small. God, it doesn't feel small. I said, just Wait. And then you, you get to the other side and you're like, oh, I guess that wasn't so bad. 
What are the important matters? How do we know what, what those important matters are that we need to bring to God? And, and you know what they are because it's the thing that you're constantly thinking about. It's the thing that you can't get out of your head. It's the thing that, is, uh, lo- that you're losing sleep over. It's the things that are, are constantly, constantly spinning around in your head. Those are the things that God wants to be a part of. We are to be willing to ask and seek and knock because our Father is eager to answer, reveal, and open. That's why he's asking us to do that. Because he wants, he wants to be involved. He wants to, to be a part of our life. But he's not going to impose himself. God hears and he is ready and waiting to answer. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? If you trust the Father heart of God, then you will never doubt what he does for you. You will never doubt what he gives you. When you have a kid who's sick in the middle of the night, I know I'm, I'm using a lot of parental illustrations this morning, and maybe some of you aren't parents, and that's okay, but I think it's a, a healthy and important connection for us to draw that when you have a child that's sick in the middle of the night or a loved one who's sick in the middle of the night, what do you do? You'll be fine. Just sleep it off. No. Kaylee's the the perfect example of this. She's great at, at, at stepping in. When we have a, a child who's, who's sick or is, is having a problem in the middle of the night. She pulls herself out of that, that sleep at like 2.30 a.m. She, you know, when we were upstairs and we had a two-story house, she would like go all the way downstairs. She would turn the lights on in the child's bedroom. She would get the child cleaned up if they were having, you know, whatever issue they were having. She would make sure their bed was all taken care of. She would get them the medicine that they needed. She would get them back to sleep. She would do everything that she needed to do. Why? Because like she really wanted to do that and and that just fulfilled her. (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. She did it because she's a mother and because she loves her children. God loves us. God is our Father, and He is just as ready to be there in the midst of our need as an earthly parent is. In this part of Scripture, Jesus is warning us not to settle. Don't settle for something less. 
there's a, a component of prayer, especially when it comes to a, a request that we bring to God, that is difficult. It's called waiting. We don't like that word. Waiting is, is not a spiritual gift. No. <laughs> At least we, we wish it wasn't, right? Um, but we do, we have to wait. And sometimes that waiting is not in line with what we would, would expect. God, this is not my schedule. This is not how my calendar was set up. This, this was supposed to be done weeks ago. we look at examples of, of people that, that decided to take on their, their own timeline in the Bible, Abraham is the one that kind of always pops to the front of my, my mind in terms of he was, was given a promise that through him all of the nations of the earth would be blessed, that he would have descendants that, that were as numerous as the stars in the sky. He was given promises by God that this was going to happen. God keeps his promises. Do you know that? And yet Abraham is, is getting to that point where he's like, man, this has been a, we've been waiting for a really long time. And, and what happens when we start getting into that space of, of, man, I've been waiting for a really long time. You start looking at things. You say, well, well maybe that fortune cookie was God telling me what I needed to do. Maybe that cloud, that cloud kind of looks like this shape. And so that could have been God telling me to go do this. You know, you, you think of that, I did, never went to Bible school, but um, to specifically to like a Bible college, um, they always called uh, Life Bible College, it's now Life Pacific University, it used to be called Wife Bridal College, it was kind of the, <laughs> what, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> that's where, where all the ladies went to get married. Because that's where they found a good Christian man. And so the, you have these long, young ladies that are, are saying, God, just, just send me a Christian man. Send me a, a spiritual man, a, a man after your own heart. They're, they're praying for David, right? And, and that's what they're looking for. And pretty soon it's, God, send me a man. Just, just any man, any man will work. And then just, it's okay if it's a snake. I'll just say, snake, fish, it doesn't matter. Just anything. <laughs> that's, that's the 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 progression that goes through all of our choices. And, and sure, in this case, we're talking about a man, but you can't tell me that you haven't done that in your own prayer life of, God, I, I'm waiting for this thing. Well, well this will work too. Well, even this would be fine. And maybe if I'll just do this one, never mind. We'll, we'll just go forward with, with this instead. Why? Because we don't want to wait. There is no substitute for God's perfect will in your life. And what we know is that when we bring requests to God, when we bring our, our prayer requests before a God who loves us and a God who wants the best for us, sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says yes, but not right now. If my four-year-old comes to me, or five-year-old comes to me and says, Dad, can I drive the car? It's gonna be, yeah, yeah but not right now. No matter what it is, if God gives it to you, you can rest assured that it is for your good. 
Because sometimes we put off prayer. Sometimes we, we shy away from bringing that request before God because it's like, I just don't want it to get worse. Whatever God gives you, it is for your good. And you, you look at the thing that, that's coming about in your life, you say, well, that is not how I would have done it. So just simmer for a minute and watch. One of the things that, that we need to keep in mind when we bring our prayer requests before God is, is, are you all seeing? Are you all knowing? Are you all powerful? Do you, do you have any of those? If so, you should probably be up here. Um, but... Barring that, we should probably take God's word for what it's worth, saying that, yeah, he has the the best in mind for us, and he is qualified to know what that is. So when we pray, we're to pray acknowledging that we have a God who is crazy about us. You know, it's, it's so... It's so easy and it's so common for us to, to get kind of focused on, you know, us being uh, demonstrative and being outgoing about our worship towards God. And that's good. We should be that way. But what we don't think about as often is that God is, the, is that way to us. It's, it's not just that God really loves us. It's Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. One translation says he will dance over you with singing. Everybody says God's not Baptist. But, sorry. Sorry, too soon. Uh, God loves you. He's dancing over you with singing. He is crazy about you. He wants to be in relationship with you. And the way that he is in relationship with you is through prayer. God knows about the stuff in your life and he's still there. God knows about all of the stuff and we've talked about stuff the past few weeks. You all know what your stuff is and I don't need to. God knows about it and he is still here. We are to pray believing that God wants better for you than you want for yourself. more than you can ask, think, or imagine. If we look at father characters that we see portrayed in the media, it's a disaster. God is not like Homer Simpson. God is not like 
Ray Romano. God is not like that that moron who shows up and anything that he gets involved in just immediately falls apart. He's not someone who's just stumbling through life. When God gets involved, things always, 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 always improve. We're to pray knowing that talking with God anytime about anything is always worthwhile. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you are for us. Thank you that you know all of the things about me, that you know every detail, aspect, and thought that has taken place in my life, and yet you are still here. God, this morning, as we continue in this this time of learning what it means to, to be in relationship with you. God, we want to grow in that. We want to grow our relationship with you. And God, we do that by, by being in communication with you. And so God, we, we come in this time regardless of what we have done before, regardless of who we were before. And we choose today to be a people of prayer. To be a people whose whose theme throughout our life points back to a constant life of prayer with you. Because God, I, I, I want your will in my life. I want your kingdom to come in my life. And, and the way that that happens is by you and I being in a relationship and communication with one another. God, we want to see your kingdom come. We thank you that you, the God of the universe, the God who has created everything, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, wants to be in relationship with us. We thank you for that. And Lord, we we bless your name as we go from this place. God, as we, we move to this exciting time of baptism where we get to, to celebrate a choice that has been made, a choice that has been made to proclaim that I am dead to who I was before. Who I was before, the choices that I have made before, the life that I lived before is dead, nailed to the cross and covered by the blood of Jesus. And now I am alive to Christ, to life everlasting. God, as we move to this time of celebration, we join with this person that is making this choice. We join with Tammy. God, as we we come to this time of of celebration, not because going underwater represents or or equates to a a life change, it, it represents a change that has already happened. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 